Hello, and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 96. I'm your host, M, and with me is my regular, eternal co-host, Jackson. Gundam time! It's not Gundam time. We can't even begin. If we start with Gundam, we're just going to be sad. That's that's true. I, I'm, it's because we're doing Zone of the Enders, but you're right. You're right. Uh, this is your monthly video game podcast. Jackson, have you played anything this month? I've played some Control. Oh, right. You're like, you know what? I don't actually know. I know that you're like, oh, I feel pretty done with this game. But I also know that you're like five hours in. So maybe you're not actually very done with this game. Um... I'm very done with this game. I don't know. So it, I've played about my my epic store hour count is at ten hours. I did not realize how long I've played the game. So I think I'm coming up on the end. I think that game is fine, uh, but in a way that I would describe the like Alan Wake is fine. Um, I do not have the further for it that some have, which is unfortunate because I was hoping to uh, really find that when I went in. Um, but it, it's it's got an interesting story that's, that's pretty well done, and it's just brought down by the just weird design choices that are arbitrary in modern games now. So like, you don't just go through levels; it's an interconnected world, which is fine. But that means that enemies respawn, and also they all have levels, and you have light levels that are like connected to your gear in some way not light levels from destiny just uh, there's a light rpg system and your gear gets better percentage wise because you can craft all the various materials into it um and it's just bullshit that doesn't need to be there i just want to go shoot some people and then have some cutscenes play uh because i like max Payne and i i like remedy games well enough they're fine i'm not like a big fan um but after like the the really strong sell of control, I was hoping I'd be one of those people. But I'm not quite. Um, I it's much like okay. every other remedy game. Okay, interesting ideas. Yeah, um, and but it's also like I get how if you are playing loads of if you've played the division, you, this this stuff doesn't fucking phase you. I assume. Like, oh, you're saying that this is the binary domain of the modern yes. era. It is better than binary domain. Um, I believe you. I actually intend to play Control, but I kind of want to wait until uh, there's a way to make it easy. I would like to shortcut as much of the bullshit as possible. Yes. Um, and so that's my feeling on it. I, I, the combat's fine, but you just you just too much of it. Everything takes too long. Uh, a lot of the story has been fetch questy, like, oh, find the person who may be able to reveal the next bit of the mystery. Um, and I finally got some reveals to the next bit of the mystery, and it picked up again. But there are bits where it drags um, in, a, in a way, because it's just, just too long. This game could be five hours and very tight and very good, uh, but it's been frustrating me a lot. But I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not down on uh, it fully. Only only Nintendo can sell a five-hour game for $60. That's true. Link's Awakening out now. We're about to tell you how good it is next month. No, two months. Two months. Shit, you're right. Two months. Um, the I guess that's an announcement. But uh, the, the thing with Link's Awakening, and I, we'll see how this goes, is... Um, I remember that game being a game you can basically complete in an afternoon, but I've also played it like two dozen times, so it, it doesn't count. <laughs> It'll be interesting um, to see how long it takes you, who only played it once uh, a couple years ago. Well, the first time I played it, I did do most of it in one day. Um, okay. And I, it wasn't like a long, arduous, I'm playing this all night thing. I mostly just breezed through um, Link's Awakening and then got to the Tower Dungeon. So I'll yeah. say because people are playing it right now, and that took me a while. But no, that that game's breezy. Cause, the best, so, the best dungeon in Zelda. 
I'm hoping I feel like that. That's the, I've forgotten the solution. I know the, the concept. I'm hoping I. Oh, can really I, I forget that the solution every time. I just remember okay, the concepts. <laughs> it's too complicated the, to hold in your brain. But the rest of the game has been so simple and so just yes. like chill. Like because that game is basically the Tomb Raider Legend of Zelda, which is a comparison that only works for the two people who are this cool. Um, but I came to that game after having played the first three Zelda games again. Well, I played Link to the Past again after not really liking it the first time because I came to it too early in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then was very surprised how Link's Awakening was just kind of very breezy. I didn't need to look at a guide to find out where the fuck things were hidden behind the fountain and stuff. Like, yes. those first games, especially the first game in Link to the Past, they are, like, you can do them without guides, but they take, there's a lot of fiddly bullshit. By making the map tiny, uh, Link's Awakening shortcuts a lot of that i don't um, feel like links uh link the past is actually that much fiddly bullshit uh i feel like if you went back to it now you'd be like you know what this is just fine uh it it wasn't that it was fiddly bullshit to like get through but it was like you would have to go because the map's so big right you have to go to that bit in the top right corner to know eventually that you have to then go back to the bit at the top right corner when you can the map, get through the map, the map isn't actually that big Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> it's it, the thing. The thing is, it's not actually sig- that significantly larger than like Link's Awakening map. The, every screen is bigger, um, because it has like the scrolling screens like Mario World does, um, mm-hmm. like vertically scrolling stuff. Uh, I'd be interested to see how you felt about that game playing it now, because uh, it, it, it like heart pieces can be fiddly, but I feel like most of the game is relatively straightforward, and there's definitely a place you can go that will just tell you where to go next. I will I ever play it again? Who knows? Maybe before I play Link Between Worlds. Um, Man, God, you should play Link Between Worlds. That's a good video game. I've been thinking about you. Going, you should not play those two together because then you'll be like, "Man, Link Between Worlds is just this again, huh?" Uh, instead of, "Oh, it's this again." <laughs> I mean, so I need to go back to Ocarina, and I feel pretty motivated now because um, I was doing a Zelda journey years ago at this point. Um, but after playing today's game, I'm like, yeah, video games. I should play some video games. Drinking is um, pretty good. And anyway, the, the Link's Awakening thing is just that I remember it being very, um, very uh, nice and chill. Um, and it's been fun to watch people be like, oh, they've removed a lot of the bullshit in this modern version, which is true. Um, but I can't. I, as far as I can tell, the only the bullshit they've removed is the constant item swapping, which I don't, I never necessarily mind it that much. But I get why when you have more buttons, you just put the sword on one of them. Yes. The item swap, I'm interested to see how I feel about that because it, it is annoying. I'm not going to be like brain genius into, oh no, you can't get rid of the item swapping. That removes the period. Like, it is really annoying. But it also, like, is a lot of the character of that game is the weird builds you can do when you choose two strained things and then, like, make do with those because you don't want to go back into the item screen. Um, yeah. It's, it's strange, right? Like, there's a lot of character given to those games. It's like when you talk about Metroid 2 and the tiny screen giving that game, like, a real flavor. Yeah. Um,. We are burning cast for two months from now. I guess we are. I guess that's yeah. another podcast we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Control's fine. I'm not as strong on it as some people. Um, the plot is okay. The combat's fine. It's a remedy game. Yeah. I'm, I guess uh, I'm glad it's hit so hard for them. Yeah. I, uh, inspired by our game club, Zone of the Enders 2, or Zone of the Enders, the second runner. Um, it's not actually two. Uh I was inspired to install Devil May Cry 4 on my PS4 and start that up. I'm not very far, maybe like an hour in, and that game seems really good, uh, which I, which is glad because if you remember back to our Devil May Cry 3 episode some months ago, 
like three months ago, probably at this point, actually. Uh, that game I didn't love. Didn't, didn't love it at all. In fact, I thought it was totally fine. I liked it more than Jackson, but that's not saying a lot. Yep. Uh, before is amazing so far. Uh, it just, it, it has the stuff I liked from one and Nero's moveset seems really interesting because he just has crowd control that I've never seen in one of these before. Yes. Um, you understand now that when I played Devil May Cry, I'm like, why can't I do any of the Nero moves? Because he's just so much more powerful because I played yes. this game first. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, you know, I still think Devil May Cry 1 is like an incredibly yes. special game that will never be replicated again on this earth. But That's kind of how uh, I feel as well. Yeah. Um, so far, really liking 4. So we'll see. Maybe by the end of next year, I'll have played 5 and have an opinion about this whole series. Yep, we'll see. Uh, but that's really it. Uh, Dragon Quest comes out next week. I'm excited to dig into that now that I have a little bit of free time. If you listen to Novel Not New, we finished Unavowed. The episode for that is up. That is a really good video game. Uh, probably going to be on my top list this year, which probably will not be a top 10, <laughs> but it will be a top list of some number between five and 10. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's really it. Uh, I, I'm feeling more positive about games, so something changed. Uh, maybe it's just because on the Enders, pretty good. Who can say? Zone of the Enders, the second runner, is the second... Well, the third Zone of the Enders game. Uh, it's the PS2 sequel to uh, Zone of the Enders, the game from Konami, uh, made in 2001, famous for releasing with the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo. It's, like, made by uh, the Kojima Productions like team before Kojima Productions was an official studio. Um, second runner is directed by Shio Murata, who most i don't know who is listening but if you're a metal gear fan you'll recognize as the like co-director of mgs4 hmm which isn't is not listed as that in the credits but he is okay <laughs> he was the guy directing it before everyone threw a fit <laughs> okay um and we played different versions of this you played the ps3 hd port yes i played the pc um new version that was just came out a couple of years ago. I have heard those versions are basically the same thing aside from resolution. There's a new control mode that by not experiencing the old control mode, I don't know how much better it is, but I, I like the control mode I had. It's called pro control. What's the difference? So it moves the um, sub weapon to the trigger because there's no analog buttons anymore. Oh, you know, that makes sense. And you um, can also... Uh, 
Subweapon and grab are on the same button, right, for you? No, subweapon is circle, grab. Oh, yes. You have to move to grab. Uh, it's like yeah, a sub you can weapon. Just, grab is always B, uh, and then RT is always subweapon. Oh, yeah, okay. And you can do those at the same So that was very helpful for me. <laughs> That makes that makes sense. That would make that game probably uh, the the one thing that uh, we'll say before we get too into it is I definitely like found a sub weapon I liked and stuck with it. It makes sense given that that that's why you swapped a lot more. Yeah, and the, I they've feel also like got... I feel like a lot of the weapons work well with grab. Uh, and but I just never want to swap like that. They've also got like all of the weapons on the D pad. So like, uh, if you double press up, you'll get a different sub weapon. Like you don't have to ever go in the menu to change sub weapon. Uh, the and way it works, uh, you can go into the menu, but if you press up or down, it scrolls through like a carousel of them. Okay, so it's a full you. carousel. Yes, which was very laborious, which is why I did not change it very much. Yeah, it's on like a on a cross nail. Yeah, that makes more sense. Uh, if I ever replay this game, and you know, I might, I will play this more modern version. It, it ran perfectly. I put everything up to yeah. max because the game of two thousand and three. Yeah. And it's still dipped in, like, the cutscenes where they bring, like, ridiculous amounts of particle effects on screen. Just like you want it to. Yeah. It looks like Metal Gear Solid 2, but, like, nicer. It's the perfect video game. <laughs> when Metal Gear Ray jumps off the tanker, it should be running at 5 frames per second. I don't care what it's on. Yeah. Uh, notable that uh, the mechs were designed by Yoji Shinkawa, the yes. Metal Gear designer himself. Um, he did the mechs like uh, the composers are a lot of the composers on the non Harry Gregson Williams bits of uh, two and three, so the good bits. Mm-hmm. I mean, this game has a fucking exceptional soundtrack. <laughs> I know when you let them. So, I'm so mad that Kojima. That was one of the first. That was one of the first tells when Kojima was like, "Oh, I need a fucking boring Hollywood guy to do my soundtracks." And I, I like the main theme, but he didn't. He didn't actually write the main theme. Yeah. Anyway, can't get on that that soapbox today. I also played Zone of the Enders. I played Zone of the Enders maybe like two or three years ago. Probably yes. two, because I think we were already watching Gundam at that point. And okay. I um, thought it was bad and then didn't play the second one, even though everyone insisted on me enjoying the second one <laughs> if I moved on to it. And I just couldn't bring myself to. Uh, I rewatched the cutscenes and some of the gameplay of Zone of the Enders 1. Do you want to briefly talk about Zone of the Enders 1? Yeah, I will summarize Zone of the Enders 1. <laughs> such as it is you play uh as leo who is a kid who get this there's an attack on his colony uh which is a colony uh, leo stenbuck please excuse okay. you you can't leo have Sten a mecha game where you are not referring to everyone's full names <laughs> you play as leo stenbuck who lives on a colony uh, orbiting jupiter uh and this colony is attacked by baram special forces uh, which are the Martian uh, mili military? They're like a Mar yeah. Okay, we'll get to that. But yes, they are aligned with Mars, and they are a strong military force. They are the Xeon equivalent, I suppose. This yes. We'll try our best not to one hundred percent assume everyone here has seen Gundam. Yeah. But, uh, um, you will. You will understand what we're saying. Like our framework comes from that. So um, when it comes to talking yeah. about anyway, they're the the Xeon equivalent rogue space noids, basically. Uh, this uh, franchise has a much more different political view of what that means. Yeah. Uh, so they attack this this uh, space colony. Uh, an orbital frame, which is the mechs in this. Uh, well, there's two mechs. There's the Levs, which are the less advanced ones, and the orbital frames, which are the cool ones. You play as an orbital frame called Jetty. Yeah. Uh, an orbital frame just steps on his friends and kills them instantly. 
and uh, Leo uh, Stenbuck runs into a hangar and falls into Jehuti and accidentally just like is in the robot now. The boy's in the robot. He's got a pilot it. He doesn't want to kill, but the people on the thing are like, you've got to help us. The Baron will kill us all. If you don't do this, you have to take Jehuti um, to the ship uh, so we can transport Jehuti to Mars because it's got an important mission. And then you spend the entire game doing that. And that's mm. it. <laughs> it's well, a you do game. you do fight a lady who, in true Koji yes. Pro uh, tradition, stands there and says, "I could not bear children, thus I became a soldier, a monster," and then she dies, like As, every yes. woman in every Metal Gear. <laughs> As she's kind of pointlessly dying, because yes. <laughs> the only real plot is Leo and Viola, uh, who is the uh, Baron pilot, who is your rival in this game. Uh, keep fighting and she can't defeat him even though he's a child she doesn't understand that because he's he's new types aren't a thing in this game but it definitely leans into the new type themes because she's like you being so good at mechs invalidates my whole soldier's existence because you're just that much better of a person um and i'm like well, you don't have i, assumed, I assume the implication was even the lesser jihudi is just that much better of a suit because this uh zoni anders believes that the suits make the pilots not the pilots make the suits <laughs> that's true well that's because the suit is also an ai Yes. Because uh, there's an AI called Ada inside JT. Anyway, you do this rivalry with Viola, and then Viola like gets exploded um, in the final fight with her and starts falling towards Jupiter. And then, obviously, Leo, who's like, oh, I hate the killing, uh, is immediately like, well, I'll just pick you. I'll just fly with my rockets and save you. And she's like, no, I can't bear children. I must die like the monster I am. <laughs> and then explodes. Yeah. Which is uh, not good, not great, and a thing that crops up in Metal Gear all the goddamn time. All the goddamn time. Death Stranding out soon. And then the big twist at the end is it's revealed that the mission that you ha- that uh, JT is on is to go to Mars and blow itself up. And Leo is horrified because he's spent the whole game hating killing so much. And he vows to save JT and to give up this life of killing and find a new way. Come back next time to find out how he doesn't do that. <laughs> and here's the next time. Here's the next time. <laughs> so at the end is the second one. Oh, also the other funny plot point that we didn't mention is that um, you have a very innocent friend uh, uh, who is uh, a lady who is also from your colony, just a childhood friend of Leo's. Uh, and the the big final act, just the way it kicks into gear, is with her just getting randomly shot from off screen by nothing. I think it's by <laughs> Viola, but you're just in the middle of an like, unrelated cutscene and she just gone, explodes. But she's fine. She actually just goes to the hospital and is there at the end, but yes. it's definitely ridiculous. Also, worth pointing out, these cutscenes are all 3D models yes. interacting. This is not true for the sequel. <laughs> no, they, they change how they do that. But yes, that's kind of the, the picture uh, where we are at the end of the first game. So how does the, how does the second runner go? So the second runner picks up two years after Zomianders, and you start as Dingo Egret, uh, named yeah! after two different animals, a miner <laughs> working on Callisto. Uh, he discovers the orbital frame Jehudi hidden in a box, and he's like, well, I guess I'll get into this. And then he's attacked by Barum, and he uh, cli- he uses Jehudi to fight the attackers, and is contacted by a lady named Ken Marineris. <laughs> 
Yes. And uh, she uh, guides him along and finds out that he's up against the Balram's battleship and... Uh, what is it like viola's there but she's dead and she's in neftis the cool triangle faced orbital frame um and then he gets on board the ship uh guided by ken and who shows up in the hallway uh, but noman himself the leader of baram uh <laughs> wikipedia helpfully telling me his full name is colonel ridley noman hardiman <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he tells Dingo, oh, you, I remember you joined me and you're like, what's going on here? I'm sure this will be explained in five hours. And then when Dingo refuses and Noman shoots him and he wakes up, uh, on life support hooked into, into Jehudi systems. And Ken Manera says that she's secretly working for the like space force. Yeah, Space Force. It, the thing just says UNSF, but I don't know what the UN, their part, like United Nations Space I Force. I don't know. I, I would assume United Space Force, but I don't know if there's, you know, I don't know. I know there's an anime and there is like Zone of the Enders Law, but it doesn't seem very good. Yeah. Uh, so she tells him that she's working for the Space Force and that she wants to uh, get rid of Noman because he wants to uh, create... Or he has like this super weapon, uh, that is called Almon. And if he uses it, uh, it'll be bad. And so he needs Dingo to take, she needs Dingo to hit, take Jehudi and stop it. Uh, and the thing that we get on early here is that, uh, is it early or is it just cause I watched the cutscene at the beginning? <laughs> which, which one? The reveal that Jehudi's gonna go explode if it comes into contact with Almon. Oh, that's, that's early. Okay. Yeah, he needs to take it in. Uh, if he's disconnected from the robot, he'll die. If he completes his mission, the robot's going to blow up. It just seems bad all around. But this is his one task, and she's going to do her best to help him out. Um, and he does that while dealing with the situation, which is uh, Neftis, possessed by Viola as an AI, uh, is chasing him. Uh, Noman's there in the Anubis. Uh, we meet uh, Leo again. He is piloting a new ship uh, because he refused to use Jehudi because he was afraid it would blow up and his friend would die. So he's in the Vic Viper uh, from Gradius, but now it's just a Zeta in that it can turn into a plane because the Vic Viper is a plane in Gradius. Uh, I do declare this cool as shit. <laughs> yes, a lot of cool stuff happens. Uh, he uh, Dingo constantly upgrades a Jehudi as it gets more and more powerful to be able to take on uh, Anubis. Uh, a lot of that we'll talk about because it's incredibly cool shit. Uh, it turns <laughs> yes. out Ken is actually not working for the Space Force. She just doesn't like uh, Heart <laughs> Noman and wants to stop him. And Dingo's okay with that. And he gets as strong as the Anubis. They battle. And then instead of sacrificing Jehudi, he throws the wrecked Anubis into Alman, blowing it up. And saving the day. And then they're like, we're going to take you out of the robot. Everything will be good. Uh, the end. Never a sequel. <laughs> no. They announced a sequel and then didn't make it and everyone got fired. Yep. So that's the story. Uh, if that sounds like kind of thin, that's because it is. <laughs> it's very thin. And the but story's they, not very good. They paid for a lot of anime. Uh, I was surprised at how much anime is in this game. Yes. Because it's not even, like, a lot of, like, super showy stuff. It's just, like, whenever anyone's going to get out of a robot, they've totally animated some characters walking down a hallway for you. Yeah, so, like, the cutscenes are handled as all of the mech stuff is just in-engine, because that's what it does. But they didn't make models for any of the people. Yeah. Uh, so all of the people just show up as uh, anime cutscenes whenever they get out of the robots. Um, 
or more usually just anim- animated or not animated still photos with one frame of mouth animation yes <laughs> uh in their codec equivalent as as you sit inside the cockpit and uh, have conversations with people the yep. feature to that added is to scroll down the cockpit to look at the girl's breasts anime anime because every time i'm like oh i guess you can move the things can i make everyone can i make like right and go you know hmm, what's that no uh, but ken no. is definitely wearing like a normal suit with her boobs just hanging over the top of whatever girdle she is wearing and it's a lot yeah both the two women that get in the suits like get in the uh frames have that and, mm-hmm. and there's nothing to like in the game that would assume it's like like a weird hidden reveal it's like what's going on here kojima I know it's not you directly, but you know, I blame you. <laughs> the thing, the thing of Stone of the Enders is that it reveals that the problems of Metal Gear are the fault of many people. <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, the themes of this game are stupid. They're stupid. <laughs> there's, there's a bit where uh, Dingo's like, "If I blow this up, promise me you'll leave Mars alone," because earth messing with mars has caused barham to occur but barham are evil so we don't want them but we do want earth to just leave mars alone so they don't you know because colonialism's bad blah 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 baby's first gundam and this like random lieutenant is like yes i will stop that that will definitely happen i'm like excuse me what the fuck are you talking about yeah i will stop the entire colonial space process you have my word. <laughs> also, that's like three minutes of plot, and it doesn't matter. Uh, nope. But uh, oh, go ahead. But like, you look at the people working this game, and then you look at some of the themes of Metal Gear Solid Four, and you go, ah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, the thing, uh, there's also like this like weird extended subplot of like everyone's not sure entirely who. Uh, who Dingo's working for in a way that I thought was like building up to a bigger reveal than Ken's not actually working for the space force. I thought maybe it was like some weird galaxy brain thing to power up Jehudi and bring it in for the final like thing. Uh, where like no man wanted Jehudi to be powerful because Jehudi needs to power Alm on itself or whatever. Um, but no, none of that's actually there. It's just like a lot of people going, is he who he says he is? But he is. It's never not that. It's just it, like, there's nothing, there's no twist. There's no twist. Even the twist about her, like not being a space force spy is like one obvious all along because what happens is Norman walks up and just shoots Dingo in the back and she's like horrified and you're like, oh, okay, I guess she is no longer loyal to, um, no longer to loyal to Norman and she'll help, she'll help Dingo out and that's true, but the game pretends there's more going on until the end of the game when it reveals that was actually true all along. The thing yep. you worked out in before the title card. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's strange how like there isn't actually that much to the plot. Like there's no big twist when you think of like you know the Metal Gear games. There's infinite fucking twists. It's not. Yes. It's just kind of a very bad Gundam. Also. Uh, this game has some of the worst directed voice acting and worst writing I have ever seen in a his, video game. His pals! His pals! Uh, I'm not gonna blame this on the actors. Uh, there's, like, an email that's like, oh, the voice acting, right? I, it's not the fault of the voice acting. The lines are bad. They are, the things they are forced to deliver are poorly written. It wouldn't matter who you got to, to say the words, the words are bad. It's never the fault of the voice actors, is the truth. <laughs> 
It's it, like entire conversations feel like people not talking at each other because they feel like it's like just strict Japanese translation. So everyone talks really vaguely in a way that you have to localize out or your thing sounds weird. <laughs> yep. Um, which again, because I don't know how many people know the history of like uh, MGS1 localized by um, uh, Jeremy Blaustein, I think his name. Yes. Uh, and Kashima was like mad at some of the liberties taken. Uh, and MGS2 famously just translated by one person who was given a Word document and told to be direct, and that's it. Uh, so policy change. <laughs> Uh, makes a lot of this make sense in the awkwardness of some of the direction here because the translation is just really strange. Yeah, it's There's- uh, it's rough. It feels like it feels like an amateur fan sub, but like in in really like not. I like I watch a lot of fan subs. We have an anime podcast. A lot of them are better than this. Way better than this. But like uh, he every time he's talking about this like mission that he went on where his other soldiers were destroyed, um, he's like, oh my pals, I left my pals to die, and someone goes, ah, oh, don't you want to? avenge your pals like every time every person says my pals i'm yes. like this is what are you uh what yeah <laughs> did you not read this out loud before you know and the answer is the person was in charge and said no this is this what this word translates as you will use this word yes and because that no one sounds like they're having a conversation like the emotional pitch of characters talking to each other is radically different sometimes yes uh, because Dingo is either shouty or taciturn, and Ken is either shouty or, like, slightly chagrined, but none of them line up with each other. No. <laughs> and Leo, uh, bless Leo, maybe actually just the worst voice actor, uh, just shouts every line the entire game. I mean, so Leo's really bad in the first game. Uh, yes. And the first game's, like, even worse than the second one. The second one has a little bit more production values, even though the, like, it's clear the decisions are the same, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's got like the same problems at the root of it, but does have a little bit more money uh, and polish to cover that up with. Yes. Um, so in the first game, he, like Leo is just like, I don't want to kill. I really don't want to do any killing for for like four hours. Like that's yeah. the game. Um, it is an ill portent for like what we have to deal with when we get to post Eva Gundam. I guess. I think it'll be better than that. It has to be better than that. It can't be worse. <laughs> But this is, like, the peak of this era of, like, mech shit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> when everyone saw Shinji and was like, oh, man, that's a lot. But what if we do that without without even the, like, intricacies of that show? <laughs> yes. Um, And so then in, in this show, in this, this, this game, after the first game, he was like, oh, I will not become a soldier. I will not enjoy the killing. And you just meet him and he's in a new mech doing all the killing again. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of the coolest mechs in the game. He's in the Vic Viper. The Vic Viper's a mech. He's in the Vic Viper. The Vic Viper's a mech. It's got options. It transforms into a plane. He's got, like, a cool headband. Like, they looked at him and, like, people really need Leo to be cool. And they brought in someone to redesign him, and they missed. (laughs) Well, he he definitely has the two-year... Uh, like, it's only been two years, but th- those two years, the, like, anime uh, puberty line was crossed. Yes, and so now he's just one of the older characters still with everyone it's else. It's not quite the, like, hilarious redesign of Ken in Persona 3 Arena, Persona 4 no. Arena. <laughs> but it's, it is great, though, the, because, like, in, in any other anime, he would be, like, uh, like Adult Hope in 13-2. Yes, yes. But instead, instead, because Dingo's there, and Dingo is just, like, a massive fuck-off adult, he still looks like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it is good that the I did like the main guy's just an adult. Um, yes, 
that stuff's good. But you're right that they do also do the thing where um, the thing that makes the robots special is the robots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is not... Not... You go home and do the reading again. <laughs> like... <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, this game was made by Tim Ray. <laughs> Yeah, because the Jehudi and the Anubis are, like, the best robots and have the most Metatron in them for whatever reason or something. I'm, it's vague, but they are just the ones who are capable of doing the thing no other robot can do. And the Metatron, which is like the... In the first game, it's just kind of a MacGuffin resource. Yeah, um, it's it's it, the Minofsky particles. Yeah, but in this game, it, it becomes... It's the, the Minofsky particles in the no, other it's, way. It's 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 um leans into it being like, not, not quite this level, but it's definitely like, no, oh, this is the truth of existence. Metatron wants us to all be one by destroying yeah, us. True. And I'm like, you, the game's not even about that. You just want to blow everyone up. You're not actually yeah, there, turning there everyone's souls like, into one. <laughs> Noman definitely has like a suggestion that like Metatron is Psycho Frame, but also the like Ava, like Adam yes. or whatever. And like, it's just gestures to it being the like thematic core of every mech show but with none yes. of the work to justify any of it no it's just a thing he says once and then you're like <laughs> yeah. I, I recognize this this is like my animes <laughs> <laughs> this is like my animes um and then he blows up and the end so what do you think of the ending because like i mean the the sh- the game is like the story's bad um and we have seen too many mech shows like it's it's a c-tier mech thing whatever uh on its own terms did you were you disappointed by the ending when he just threw the bad guy who was already dead into the problem (laughs) um i like i assume that this game was built with the idea that there would be a third one because i don't know why you would end it this way otherwise because it definitely feels like now all of our heroes are together and they have a united purpose they can go on and have like a real adventure um but that doesn't exist so it does just feel like everything wraps up in like a too neat bow but that's kind of like zone of the one and it like basically was like ah here's your first like six episodes of an anime that doesn't exist and it wasn't going to be made uh because (laughs) apparently they made that game without the idea that there'd be a sequel which is outrageous given how that game ends it's very funny because it has like a video game from 2011 ending yeah um in a way that you know i'm trying to think of an example you know too human or whatever i have 2007 but um 360 game that was going to be a trilogy right like it, it definitely it definitely reads weird to me uh given that like so much if you want to like take it seriously and like okay what are the themes of Zone of the enders second runner and to me it is this idea of like redemption of like the personality through like sacrifice the body um and like you get the stuff where like Ken puts herself in peril uh, to do the thing she believes is right. You have uh, Leo who wants to f- run away from the mech into another mech because he wants to be able to win the war without sacrificing his friend, who his friend is an AI, remember. Uh, it's just a robot, uh, which doesn't seem to actually be a person in this universe or whatever, despite being a character. Yes. Uh, but Dingo is like this guy who ran away from his life, is brought back into the war to like do, to fix the wrongs that he had. Um, and doing that in sacrificing his body, I assumed the reveal, like after he was hooked up and everything, is that at some point in the middle of the game, he had died and was an AI and the robot. I was also waiting for that. <laughs> uh, that's what I would do if I was writing the second runner. <laughs> because like, the whole thing is about uh, Ada and Dingo as like Dingo needs his body and wants to live, right? Um, yes. And Ada 
it's like I'm programmed to die. I don't know what's wrong with all of you guys. Yes. <laughs> um, and you would assume that's like leading up to because they're like very opposites and on this like uh, converging path. And it doesn't actually do anything with that. They just like he gets out and then is fixed <laughs> at the yeah. end. But I like, assume he's like I assume they would go and be like, "Oh, it's time to pull you out of there." And they go in there and he's been dead. And Ada like continues living on. And Dingo like says goodbye and disappears or whatever. Uh, yeah. It writes itself. Yes. <laughs> Instead, none of that. He's fine. Yeah. Because I was, I, I was assuming it'd be that, or just like they all understand that. No, sometimes you do actually have to blow yourself up to destroy the super weapon. Yeah. Um. But no, he just blows the other guy up who was already dead. Yeah. Uh, that part sucks. So I, that's the story. There isn't. There, there honestly isn't that much there. We covered. There's it all. the part where they do say one of the stupidest lines in mech show history um out loud which is use power for good at least for things you believe in (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like oh yeah that'll work (laughs) that'll work guys you nailed it what if we just used the power for the good things because that's like their justification for not blowing almond up at first like well what if instead of blowing up jt to stop the super weapon we just use what if we use power for good what if instead of destroying power we use it for good and it can't be corrupted how about that guys (laughs) great uh anyway i guess there's enough going on about the story yeah let's talk about the video game because that's the good part the game's so good So the game is a third-person action game. Uh, it is much more of like a, f- it is much more of a character action game than the first game was to me. Like looking at it, like that game is so simple, and this game is much more about like just like what you think of managing a bunch of weapons. Uh, I, I feel like it's much more about like fighting groups of enemies than the first game was. Yes. Um, it just moves fast and feels really good. Like the part where it's a video game is just like really fun. That's why I started playing Double May Cry 4. I was like, oh, I should really just play more character action games. And that's the one on my plate. <laughs> action games are good. This is what this game ma- reminded me of. I love action yes. games. Yes. Um, uh, you know, you just, uh, rock it around. You have a shield. I don't like using it. Uh, it really needs like a counter dodge, uh, in the way that, like, if every game could just be Bayonetta, I'd be much happier. <laughs> <laughs> it, gives you, it gives you one right at the end of the game, and it's really cool. Uh, Is there a new game plus? Do you, I don't know. I didn't try, but there should be a new no, game I, plus. I didn't worry about any of that. Because um, I knew if I was ever going to play this again, it wouldn't be on the PS3. Uh, but, um, That's true. Yeah. Um, the, the actual game part's really cool. And then the like set pieces and weapons you get are really interesting and good. Uh, like early on, you get this thing called the gauntlet, which is my MVP of the game, which is just like a heavier bolt that you shoot out that can push enemies around. But yes. the thing about this game is that if enemies hit the walls of the canyons or battle arenas or mecha base corridors you're in, they take a much more damage. So you could just shove enemies into a big group and then shove them all into the wall and they all blow up and it's amazing. It's really good. This is like one of the fastest games I've ever played. Also, <laughs> yes. Like it is blindingly fast. Uh, as you're in this mech, um, grab it. And eventually you'll say so like, you have the same abilities as the first game. It, is the same like it's it starts out like well this is more similar than i expected given how everyone talks about how much better it is but you slowly realize that they added grabbing Mm -hmm. uh and so the attacks happen you do your combo but you can also grab almost any mech um 
And it's not actually that hard to grab mechs. Like, you can grab most mechs without too much trouble. There's a couple ones that will, like, maybe do a counter on you. But if you get behind them, you can, you can grab them. It's not too hard. Uh, and just throw every mech into every other mech. Yes. Um, while also then, like, doing attacks and shooting. Because you can just jam the X button and it'll, like, context uh, decide whether you're going to be performing a shot or performing a sword slash. Yes. Um, which means that you can just go off. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. just throw an enemy into another enemy and then immediately shoot another one and slam on the um uh sub weapon button uh and you know either uh, i was using oh forget the name of it. what's the, the name of the gun the 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 gatling gun type one. Oh, uh it's not geyser that's the other one right no geyser's the one that freezes people yeah anyway i was using that one a lot because whenever there was like groups of small enemies which this game loves to do that was very helpful there was more helpful than the homing mission was uh, it phalanx was that what phalanx it? that's it yes, yes. It's phalanx yep and i was using the homing missiles at some parts and the game's pretty good at giving you like here's this enemy this sub weapon works best on them yeah um so that that part's very good uh mm-hmm. and i think i think that overall the thing that i appreciated about it is like much like the other games in like the studio of the era like mg2 and 3 the it's broken not into levels so much as it is broken into um very unique set pieces yeah right it's like space boss space boss in a way i think of metal gear solid specifically as being yes yes and so there's like it's not like here's a level with some enemies to fight and here's the next level with some enemies to fight it starts off a little bit like that but after you get through this like canyon segment basically everything you do is a like very unique um set piece so yeah. like uh so like in order i think there's a there's a train there's a, there's a train fight which leads directly into a boss fight directly to well, another boss fight there's this amazing moment before the train where you burst into like uh like a call like a colonized oh, right. like city area yes. and it's just a, it's just the every area from the first game and i was like yes. oh no <laughs> <laughs> it did just look exactly like the first game <laughs> And I was like, like, is this just going to be the, is this what the rest of the game is going to be? Thankfully, it is not. It's just the one level. But that level, you are fighting off a bunch of smaller mechs attacking this uh, settlement while the Space Force don't care about collateral damage and you're trying to use the, um, uh, was it Gauntlet? Gauntlet's the other one. Geyser. The first one. Geyser. We're well, trying to use yeah. Geyser to freeze them in place while yeah. attacking the other mechs. Because uh, because uh, Dingo's like, oh, I have to I have to protect the cops and the people. And I was like, no, you could just blow up those fucking Space Force guys. I don't care. I've watched Gundam. <laughs> but no, you have to freeze them. You have to freeze them while killing the other mechs. Um, yeah. And it, it's very specific. Like Most of the mechs you fight are unmanned. Whenever yes. any humans in the mech, you're like, no, we must not do killing. And I'm like, I don't think you've understood the themes of mech fiction that well, but yeah. go off, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it goes from that into directly into a, like where you're chasing a train, directly into two separate boss fights that are very unique. There's a first one that's about um, like grabbing an enemy, uh... Well, the first one's about like uh, grabbing enemies as the enemy charges, um, so that when they charge, they will hit the enemy, and then you can open them for attack. And there's another one that's a boss fight that's all about uh, attacking the enemy, or not attacking the enemy, but like grabbing them so that Ada can do an AI attack on them. So if yes. you attack to, if like if either you or the enemy dies, you fail the fight. Um, yeah, it's it's the Metal Gear Solid. You have to use the Trank Gun in this one mission. Yes. 
uh, and it's it was one of the hardest parts of the game. Uh, yes, I, I, <laughs> it was the part where I quit to do this tomorrow, and then realized that I'd forgot that the game didn't auto save. <laughs> oh god. Um, and had to play a lot, way more of the game yesterday than I was expected because I deleted my save. Then there's an incredibly terrible segment where you have to be yep. guided through an invisible minefield. <laughs> yes, uh, which uh, I died on six times. <laughs> And then that leads into a bit. What you died six? I guess I died six times. I died a lot as well. It's so fucking terrible because yes. the the combat. There's a couple of combat arenas in the middle of that section that don't fuck about. Like there's bits where like, yes, uh, the mummy heads become commanders and they're real. They're just hard. And if you run into the mines, it takes up half your health. You can only take yep. two mine hits. Yep. Uh, so, so I mean, that's terrible, but it's also, like, it's still this. It's still a very bespoke, unique mode of play, which yeah. then leads into, like, a bit where you're hunting through uh, different elevator shafts, which then leads into literally the line of Gundam where Shah's like, where that guy's like, oh, Shah, he took out five battleships at Loom. Uh, well, and like, you- before that, before that, you have the amazing Lloyd battle, which is fantastic. Oh, yes, you have that fantastic load so, battle. So you're going in, like, you're going through all these elevator shafts wherever you go deep down into this base where this scientist has the technology to, like, make you as powerful as Anubis. And you go in there, and it turns out that he's just a Shimagami Tensei character because his mech is literally designed by Kazuma Kaneko of Shimagami Tensei fame. And it's like a, it's like a black motion capture suit with, like, a decorative statue at, for a face. It's incredible. <laughs> It's a really good mech. And you have the, you have this amazing battle where you're like, at this point, you've just internalized you can be really fast. So, and it's like this mech is known for being fast. So you just are blazing through this like maze of uh, pillars uh, going horizontally and vertically as you cut this thing down. And then you do that and it pours darkness out into the arena. And you have that amazing like abyss fight from Dark Souls where you're down in the blackness, but it's a mech fight and it's the coolest thing in the world. Yep, that bit's really cool. And the bit where you're descending dodging all these like elevator pillars is amazing as well like it's a very like gundam it's like a it's not quite the level of like the balut fight right like of every no, descending but to it, Earth. It's, it, it, it's like a it, it evokes to me the end of zeta where yes. you when they were fighting in the power chamber of like the big solar ray yeah and if you get in the way of the if you like stay between the uh pistons that are pumping right you will just die but that luckily also applies to all the enemies <laughs> Yeah, and you have a weapon that will freeze enemies. <laughs> yep, and so you very quickly put that together. <laughs> yeah, it's also a camera nightmare because the camera in this game, not good. I, I think it works in that because it, you suddenly realize, oh, this thing where I lock onto enemies and my orientation is mostly defined by the thing I am fighting is now the worst thing in the world. Yes, the spacing, no. <laughs> like it, you realize like, I, the spacing. I feel like it's kind of a deliberate, like throwing yes. you, like throwing your tendencies at you. But also sometimes it just freaks out, like it's Sonic Adventure Two again. <laughs> oh, it it does. I'm not here to say it doesn't. But the moment you realize that, oh, like my the way I view the world is so defined by combat that the second. Yes any like thing exists around me i just fucked because yeah. i definitely got down that um shaft and just died with just not realizing i was about to get crushed the first time because i was so used to just clicking the lock on and doing the attack mm-hmm. 
But yeah, then you have the, you fight five battleships and you've been given this cannon that you've not been able, like, I tried to use it, but it, it never works because every battle is too, like, the enemies will attack you too frequently to allow you to charge it up. So I just, like, t- messed with it a little bit. I was like, I, I don't know. Maybe someday I will get to use this. And it's in this mission where you fly to battleships, destroy the enemies, like, around them and the guns on them if you want to, and then land on the back of them and turn your mech into an incredible like cannon as it the top half transforms into a huge gun and ada narrates as you charge up uh the life ring is now rotating it's fucking coolest shit in the world uh yeah this is absolutely like the mega particle cannon right like yes but also so ada cool. ada literally does like the chamber of guff is opening every time you fire it and i love it <laughs> Uh, she really does. The life ring is truly revolving. Yeah, you've exceeded the ego barrier. <laughs> um, that mission's really cool. I, I did that mission a couple times. I was really annoyed because I um, just failed it, which meant that the, when I did it, I just kind of breezed through it the next time. Yeah. It made uh, me excited for the era of Gundam we're going to get to at some point that's like, I assume it's going to be like Seed and Double O, where the mechs just get to do incredible things because you're making the cool show. Yep, we'll get that. I imagine we'll get that in about six weeks. Yes, <laughs> uh, I don't think it, I don't think those people are going to be turning into cannons to fight battleships. That's true. They'll be in different cool shit. Anyway, <laughs> and then immediately after that, you have uh, an amazing mission where you you meet all of the Levs, which are the uh, Space Forces uh, like grunt suits, and they're like, "What are you doing here?" And they all think that you're evil. Uh, and then Leo comes up and goes, no, I believe in him. And then they just turn over command to you because it's a video game. And you have to lead, lead all of these shitty Zakus into a battle against like a thousand forces. So before we get to this bit, because it's basically the highlight of the entire game, uh, I do want to say how funny the cutscene was, because it's the same as the really bad cutscene from Titanfall 2, where they're like, do we trust BT? Or apparently this is what the ba- the mech games have to do. Um, I yep. don't understand. Because it's not really part of... The- it's not like mech fiction is all about... It's not a trope that I've seen, but definitely the two games we've covered this year. Anyway, uh, this battle begins, and it like so everyone's charging in, and then it begins in phases of like, okay, there's a map on the screen. Here's all the here's all the labs on the map. Here's you on the map. Here's the Vic Viper. Big map, lot of dots. Let's go. And then the enemy dots show up, and there's so many of them. Uh, yeah, there's like I'm, a ton. There's just like like it's overwhelming how many there are. Uh, and then you're fighting, and the labs are slowly getting down, and you have to go like hit them with your stasis beam to make sure they don't explode. Um, and you're just tearing through like literally hundreds of enemies. Uh, and there's a bit like halfway through where like a new wave's coming and an entire bar of red dots comes down yes. from the map and it's incredible. Uh, it's so good. This bit, uh, was like flooring to me. I, this was incredible. Uh, the way in which like, um, it begins and like the this has mechanics right like you can freeze guys you can take guys out like there's like things you're meant to be doing but the yes. chaos of it is so much to even begin to like people are just screaming at you everyone's like there's a different vocal uh vocal like bark for every single lev that goes down and yes. uh leo is all constantly going please use guys are on the mechs and also someone's like oh you gotta go over to this section and it's just too much it's just too much you can't do any of it uh, and i still like got an a somehow but the feeling of this of just like this is incomprehensible the like entire pressure of like everything that is happening is 
overwhelming. It was the most Gundam thing this game had done, and I didn't realize it because the themes of the game don't express that. But this like one bit of play was incredible. Yes. Uh, and then you're given the zero shift, which is the thing that makes you as powerful as Anubis. It's like a teleport. Um, and you go through the last area, just able to decimate any enemy by warping in behind them where their shield is not and uh, killing them. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then you have to fight Anubis and that part sucks. Uh, I ended up not hating the Anubis fights, even though I did like, <laughs> they took forever. Um, and then I had to go so- to sleep. <laughs> So the game really builds up like, oh, you and Anubis are now equals. You can stand on the, uh, on the same footing and have just a knockout fight. We've erased the part where the suits are different, and thus it is about the power of the pilots. You're like, oh, okay, because Dingo is clearly like a better person than uh, Noman. You sh- one, I think you should just be able to like take him out in a single hit because if you made it so the pilots matter, the good pilot's gonna vanquish the evil pilot because he's a better guy and he's a better pilot. He's like a you know all around better. Um, but that's not what happens. You just have a a fight and then you don't even have the like bayonetta versus lumen sage actual fight where they just have all of your moves because anubis just has a bunch of shit you can't do because it's way too cool yes uh which is a real shame because uh it it because it's built up so it like specifically in the context of both action games and mech games i just ended up feeling like this drag out fight that's about like deflecting three of his hits and then you can get it and do some damage before he warps away uh was obnoxious like, they just gave me a Zelda fight when I wanted, like, a narratively satisfying fight. <laughs> right, like, it built up like it's meant to be, you know, Dante Virgil. Um, mm-hmm. Which, again, we, I know we weren't really positive on that, like, the rest of the world is. Um, yeah. But that still is at least you fighting a character who is, you know, like, you fight Virgil. Like, he yeah. has his moveset, you have yours. It's not, it's not, there's no, there's nothing hidden about that fight. Whereas this yeah. begins, and the first, so there's two phases. First one is, like, in this big orange void as you're going to Phobos. Yes. <laughs> Um, because in the space it, catapult in the space catapult uh and most of the fight is dodging this massive orange beam attack that if you like, if it hits you it takes off a third of your health so yes. you cannot let this hit you ever yeah. um and when you dodge it like you have to you have to dodge it after it's past you because uh if you activate your um zero shift while it's still on screen, you will like shift into it and get hit. Yes. Uh, so it goes past you, use zero shift, you get to do three hits, rinse, repeat. <laughs> also, at this point, because of lore reasons, you only have zero shift and your gun and your knife. Your sword. Yes. You don't have any of your other sub weapons. But they come back <laughs> for the last phase of the fight. Yeah. Uh, for reasons unknown. I don't think yes. it actually explains why you get them back. No. Uh, so you do this fight and it's a it's a little frustrating and you eventually like you know dodge that attack enough and then there's a second phase after like Anubis and no- Anubis and Noman totally merge. <laughs> yeah. So they do the thing that we were expecting that Dingo would have done the entire game. Yeah. Um. But no, that's unremarked bomb. And then you have a second phase of the fight, which is in uh, the end of Kingdom Hearts two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> big white void. <laughs> And Anubis now just has, like, wings made of Metatron and a very obnoxious, like, shield attack where it just, like, regains health while you destroy the shield parts. And that sucks. It's So this fight took me forever. I, so I yeah. couldn't do it I last genuinely night. think this fight is bad. I think it's a terrible way to end your video game. <laughs> uh, I ended up being more positive on it, but only because the I went to sleep. I, I did not. I pushed through until I beat it. it. took me a long time. Took another couple um, tries and then... 
I, I got very lucky. I had like no health left. It was just a, it was like the perfect Dark Souls boss fight, right? Where you just that was me. Through. That was me on first form of Nomen, So I was done. I was okay. like, I did it. I don't need that anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, because like, when you get that exact balance in an action game, it's always good. Uh, but it was it just the fight was really finicky. Like it's very hard to tell when he's actually open for attack. Um, eventually, I started to get a sense of it. Like you know, you dodge the big blast, and you can zero shift in and get one uh you you do your burst attack to break his shield a couple times um like like i picked up on these things there are like nuances to that fight that i actually felt were okay but it's too long like yes it's just a drag out battle and it's not a drag out battle against yourself (laughs) like the boss is too weird for it to actually be that there are way cooler bosses in the game like there's that one where you fight the big like energy sphere that's surrounded by plates yes uh that's just a bayonetta boss fight yeah um like the game has really cool bosses i don't think the final boss is necessarily one of those but i, I didn't hate it i i i'm very happy i won rather than just having to watch the final cutscene mm-hmm. uh because i would have felt disappointed if i if i hadn't done that but i i, I did I mean, the final cutscene is disappointing regardless of what you do <laughs> that's true the final cutscene sucks but uh the like you know if you're okay with just a game that has a bad story and you just want cool mech shit this game has made me think maybe i should play more mech games because all i've played before this is uh gundam extreme versus or no not that uh gundam extreme no gundam breaker 3 that's what i wanted my brain just kept saying extreme versus um that's on the gundam breaker 3 is like a character action game but it's like the most repeat the same missions fighting like the same 10 versions of enemies over and over again as you collect parts uh it's like dynasty warriors without the map stuff uh and can be monotonous when it, it's fun but it's like a game you put on for podcasts and you don't think too hard about uh not this made. game what i was just saying, gonna break three not made by fucking kojima's team at the height of yes. them having all the money in the world <laughs> yeah this game every level is like a cool new thing you can do and as you gain more abilities the like the ways in which you can play it become more nuanced and interesting and uh it's incredible uh it's it's really good uh it's weird because like it's strange to say, ah, oh, the thing that we like about the video game is every single bespoke component of it is designed specifically to be amazing in this one way, because, like, that road leads to Uncharted 2, and we know how we feel about that game. That road doesn't lead to Uncharted 2. That road leads to Resident Evil 4. Uh, you know what? Fair enough. That's fair. Resident Evil 4, that's a great fucking video game. Like, there's an entire... This is an entire, like, what the peak of video games were in this era, right? Was like, this mm-hmm. is just the way a lot of these, like, Japanese studios did this kind of design. It was yeah. just an ethos that was around. And, like, it, le- it led to, like, Square Enix destroying themselves. <laughs> yes. What if we did this, but it's an RPG? You can't do that. <laughs> you, you can't. You just can't do it. Um, but for a while there, like, you know, there's a lot of my favorite games that are this. Yeah, that's um, fair. Resident Evil 4 is really good. Resident Evil 4 is really good. Uh, MG3 is this. Uh, yeah, Devil May Cry true. 1's this, right? Like um, To a lesser extent. De- Devil May Cry 1 is also a game about like running through an abandoned castle looking for the right key for a door. Uh, I guess that's just more old Resident Evil. But it, yeah. like in the way that 3 is just, here's some more combat, because the game is about experimenting with the same combat system over and over. Yeah. 1 is much more about here's the mission for this level right like yeah and it is like find key to open door but it's just a different focus of like the way the design works yep um 
But it doesn't lead to Uncharted 2 because in, in Uncharted 2, you get behind a cover and you shoot the guy in the head that's for true. every actual... Like, that's true. The play doesn't the, change. The play does not change. That is that's correct. That's why I don't like. I don't want to shout out like, Bayonetta or something because that game is just about running into crowds yes. and dodging the attacks and hitting the guy. <laughs> yeah, it's... There are very few games that are this because it requires you to spend a lot of time making very bespoke like things for a game that's like four hours long. Yeah, yeah. Like it means uh, you spend. This game two- was not particularly successful when it came out because it's a fucking four-hour-long action game where, it, like, you know, the action is not. It's not Delve May Cry. Yeah, no, and even Metal Gear couldn't pull this off after this point, right? Like four isn't this four no. tries, but it, it like. Four is this, and that everything's kind of bespoke, but it means there's like three levels. <laughs> yeah, and every everything else is a cutscene. And then five's just they gave up and made an Ubisoft game. Yep, I will uh, say this is one of those games where you do the cool shit. It's not in the cutscenes. You do the cool shit. You do. What I what are the ones left that we got to play now? I guess like I don't know what people recommend in in this kind of. What are games as good as Resident Evil Four? Like it's a very. <laughs> Yeah. It's a limited set. Yeah. Um, but I had a great time. I'm glad we played this. Yeah. I was worried I was going to hate it because I deleted all my save files, so I had to like do it all last night. But you had a good time. I had a great time. It was a great night. Yeah. This is a good game. <laughs> it is. It's weird because like, I feel like it's a game that anyone who cares about this sort of game already loves, so I feel yes. ridiculous coming in and going, is there anything too? Have you heard? It's good. <laughs> we got into mechs in 2017. Yeah, sorry, yeah. but sorry. the game is good. Makes Titanfall 2 look like clown shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Jedi Fallen Order out soon. If you would like to send in questions or comments about the games we're covering every month or any game, really, we will opine about absolutely anything. You can send them to podcast out of normalmapping.com. That's podcast singular. Some people seem to always think it's plural. I wonder how many uh, emails have been sent to the ether. (laughs) Yeah, we don't have that other account. It's not going anywhere. It it doesn't exist. There's there's nothing there. I assume that person would get like a a mailer, Damon. Does that still exist? Probably well, not. there isn't that podcast. We own the domain, so it's us. That's true. Like, there's no, there's nothing, you know. Yep. But uh, just there's lost, lost time. The first email is for a friend Rick, uh, who said that he bounced really hard off of the first game, but really loved two. Uh, they he used to have individual save files for all the levels that he liked, so they were yes! easy to replay, which is great. Um, 
He hasn't played since the PS2, but the line, the life ring has started revolving, uh, has been something that he's never forgotten because of how cool it is. His question is, what video game thing uh, do you know that has a better or equally good startup sequence? Startup sequence. Oh, that's hard. I don't know. I don't know. That is that is hard. Um, I do. It is just like oh, a I really. Know. Oh, go ahead. Chaos control. <laughs> oh, chaos control is really good. <laughs> Shit. The answer is chaos control. <laughs> yeah. God, you're you're not you're not wrong. Yep. Uh, and then uh, also PS Beyond the Bounds is an all timer. That's the main theme. I assume both the vocal theme will be at the front and the cool instrumental that plays as you're taking down all the warships will be somewhere in here. So please enjoy those because they're good. Been. They're good. Uh, then we have an email uh, from our friend Crass. Ah, uh, what does Crass have to say? Uh, Crass says, and this is the thing we have not touched on. There's a lot to be said about how the designs of all the Mexans under the Enders, the cockpits are all in the dick. I almost <laughs> tweeted about this about 50 times, but decided not to. I didn't want it. I thought it was a bit, you know. But they do have the, cockpits the in the dick. The cockpits are all in the dick, yes. Except for the lady cockpits, right? I didn't notice that. Do they really well, not? The thing, the thing with, uh, the one I'm thinking of specifically is the uh, Neftis, which is just a lady tits. mech. <laughs> yes. I was thinking, oh, this must be like some animal on tailbones, because they've got very animalistic designs. They're all like, you know, extensions of a lot of the ideas in Metal Gear. Well, yeah, like the Anubis has both a like prehensile tail and like feathers coming off the arms. Right, exactly. So it doesn't read as like they're in a dick uh, when it's like, you know, got lots of bird stuff going on. Um, But when the lady shows up in her mech with boobs, you're like, oh, no. (laughs) Yes. Oh, no. Koji Pro. Uh, the one that I notice it the most on is the Vic Viper, which just has a huge fucking cockpit. Right what? In the dick. <laughs> right in the dick. Uh, yeah, that one's ridiculous because the Vic Viper is already a design, and so you can't organically, you know, you just you had yeah. to just put the cockpit on the dick of the Vic Viper, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Kras goes on to say how fucking cool the Anubis is. One of my favorite mechs of all time. What if we gave a robot more funnels? And it's true. <laughs> I really like at towards the end of the game is you're like love powering up how you start to accrue funnels around the Jahudi. It's really good. Uh, yes. Did you use the homing missiles that have basically um, summoned funnels around you? Yes. Yeah. They're good. Um, and then we have one last email from Hassan. How detrimental do you feel the English voice acting is to the overall Zen the Enders 2 experience? Uh, felt that the game having poor voice acting was the game's biggest flaw, but I've spoken to people who don't mind it or even like it because it reminds them of old anime dubs. Uh, I mean, I get that. I, so that, like, I don't watch a lot of like old, old dubs. Uh, that's not really my deal, but like someone who watches dubs basically as often as I watch subs outside of the podcast we do, I don't, I, this is categorically so much worse than the average anime dub. I mean, I agree, but like, but that, but that's in the script. Like the voice acting is whatever. Yes. Uh, but like, I like I said, I, I'm loath to put this on the voice actors who are often in games like this directed to make it sound good to the Japanese voice acting director who doesn't know English, and thus yes. you get games that just sound fucking terrible. Never not thinking about the Final Fantasy Thirteen. Like you have to do a uh, Vanille has to do the identical vocalizations, which is why she's always going. <laughs> in that game yes despite no english speaker ever naturally doing those <laughs> yep um which is very ridiculous yeah uh it's a lot 
Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's bad. But I'm not here for the story. I watch Gundam every every week. <laughs> it's true. I'm gonna finish this podcast <laughs> and go watch Gundam and go watch Gundam. Yeah. Um, but those are the questions. Again, podcast at abnormalmapping.com. We love emails. Doesn't have to be about shit. You could ask us about the Switch uh, Mini Light. What's it called? I don't know. But Switch I don't Light? have one. But we'll talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, please, just ask us about anything. We'll take any questions, you know? Yeah, I love questions. That's the thing, is if I sound desperate, it's because I love questions. I love questions because I love someone else to do the work of telling me yeah. what to talk about. Also, Curious Cat's <laughs> dead, so what am I going to do? Exactly. you got to send them all here now. Yeah, if, you have, if to, you have no- to email me. If they're about nothing, we'll just read them on VoIP Life, I guess. Like, Yeah. Uh, anyway, I guess that's it. Jackson, what are we playing next month? I don't know. Um... We're playing NetHack. <laughs> you can't do this. You have to. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess that isn't even on, on a recording yet. <laughs> yeah. Next month, we are playing HackNet, the 2015 hacking game. Um, yeah. That blew up a little. Just a small game that was very successful, and we haven't played it. I was curious. It seems pretty fun, and I'm excited to play it. Yeah, and if you didn't uh, gather from uh, the opening of the show, the month after that, November, we were playing the Link's Awakening remake, and I guess we'll probably be talking about revisiting the first game also, the original game, I mean. Yeah, I'm not going to play the whole thing through. I intend to play like 90 minutes of the original game to just refresh myself. I have that game burned into my brain, and it's not even the Game Boy Color version because I had the Game Boy cartridge. Uh, I've played the Game Boy Color game like three times now, but I've played the original Game Boy one so many more times. And Zelda's good. Uh, yeah, Zelda's good. Uh, that's it. Um, plugs. Jackson, where can people find you? People can find me at headfullsoff on twitter.com. You can find other podcasts that we do at abnormalmapping.com. There's a whole bunch there. Would you like uh, to plug the two movie podcasts you were on today? Uh, that I'm on? Uh, yeah. Well, I am on Raptory Screenings, which is a movie podcast that we do with Destiny. Uh, well, we watch movies every two weeks. It's great. I love it. Uh, and I'm also on Never Say Podcast again when there's a new episode that should already be out this week. And we've had we've taken some time away because uh, Dia schedule's hard, and I'm and you've sick. Been sick. Yeah. Um, but uh, we are watching Thunderball this week. Should be watching um, Casino Royale the week after, I think. Oh, the original Casino Royale. Yes, the original Casino Royale. Because uh, that came I'm, out a couple I'm, months I'm, before know. You Only Live Twice. God, I need to watch that. Yep. Uh, so I'm, I'm enjoying that podcast. I'm very excited for you to listen to that. Uh, yeah. what about you? What's your movie podcast? I have a movie podcast where me and my friend Autumn are watching every Studio Ghibli movie, uh, one every two weeks. Uh, the episode, yes, as we're doing this, the episode on Cast in the Sky is already out. Uh, we are working on the episode for Grave of the Fireflies. So, you know, brace for impact on that one. Uh, and if you want to listen to that, you can go to abnormalmapping.com slash aeroplane, uh, A-E-R-O-P-L-A-N-E. Um, other than that, you can find all our fine podcasts, of course, at normalmapping.com. If you would like to support us, keep the lights on, us fed, video games in our queue, you can go to patreon.com slash abnormalmapping, and for $1 a month, you will get The Great Gundam Project, which, as a we've been referencing over and over in this, is me and Jackson talking about Mobile Suit Gundam two episodes a week. Uh, we are rapidly finishing up Victory Gundam, about to start G Gundam, uh, so Punch Robots uh, will continue. <laughs> We'll never cease. We'll never cease. The robots continue. We love the robots. Remember when we uh, didn't think we cared about mechs? Yeah, that's really gone away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being, and I think that's everything. That is everything. We'll see you so, next time. Uh, 
until next time stay frosty i don't there's no lines of this game <laughs> stay frosty yeah, oh God. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> that's it we're done <laughs> <laughs>